Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we, we come to today to one of the saddest stories in the story of God, the story of Cain and Abel. Lord, open that story so that we would understand your real desire, that we would understand what justice and being just really is. Lord, open our hearts today and let your spirit work in us. In your name we pray, amen. I remember that Sunday morning, we had had an ice storm in Nebraska, and uh, up there, nothing cancels church unless the snow is about 10 feet deep. No, not that deep, but you know, they don't cancel church, and we had church that morning, and after the, I, had, I was serving a dual parish, and after the first service, I got in my car, and one of the elders said, Pastor, you buckle that seatbelt, and I did. And I headed out six miles to the other church, to St. Paul's Buffalo Creek. And everything was going fine until I got just out of town. And I was going about 10 miles an hour on the ice. And all of a sudden, I hit that ice and my car started to swerve this way and that way. And the next thing I know, it's spinning around and it hits the shoulder of the road. And then it flips up into the air, flips completely over and lands in the ditch on a farmer's fence. That was quite a morning. thought about that story as I was thinking about the story of Adam and Eve and of Cain and Abel, because it's kind of what happened to them. You know, they were going along just fine. Everything was wonderful. They, they had the perfect relationship with God. They lived in paradise, and then, bam, they hit that ice. They, they took that fruit that God had said, don't eat of it, and they ate the fruit, And they didn't just crack open the door to sin. They flung it wide open. And before you know it, they're putting on fig leaves. They're hiding in the trees. They're blaming each other. God's casting them out of the garden. Then we get to chapter 4, and they have their very first experience of death. Not just a natural death, because death wasn't God's intention in the first place, but the worst kind of death. One of their children kills the other. Sin really got out of control, didn't it? Well, folks, you know, that's a little bit, it reminds me a little bit of what we've been experiencing lately. You know, we, we were humming along real fine in February and March, and then what happened? COVID hit, the ice hit, the economic crash, and suddenly abuse is on the rise, and alcoholism is on the rise, and depression's on the rise, and then we've got rioting, and all this murder, and, and racism, and life is just all of a sudden out of control. How does that happen? How did it happen? The very first family. That's what we want to look at today. The Bible tells us in Genesis 4 that in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Cain was very angry. And his face fell. 
Now why was Abel's offering accepted and not Cain's? Well, the text itself doesn't really tell us. It gives a hint. But if I think we look in the context of Scripture and remember that Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God, most likely there's an issue of faith. And I think the hint here in the text is the fact that when God rejects his offering, there's no humility, there's no apology, there's no repentance on Cain's part, there's only anger. I think what we see here is we see the sin of Adam and Eve starting to take hold in Cain. Well, it had already taken hold, starting to act out in Cain. Remember, Adam and Eve, they didn't want to have to trust God. They wanted to be the determiners of good and evil, right and wrong for themselves. And here, instead of trusting God, Cain gets angry. He doesn't think this is right. This is not just. This isn't fair. How many of you parents have heard that from your kids? Oh, this isn't fair. And then, and then they start to pout and throw a fit. How many of us have said that and complained that about something at work, something in going on today on the news? It isn't fair. See, we want to judge right and wrong, fair and unfair. Just or unjust. And so Cain gets angry. But then God steps in, right? The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? See, God holds out to Cain comfort. He says, this, is, this can change. If you repent, if you do well, you'll be accepted if there's faith. But then he also issues a warning. If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you. In another version it says, it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, that, that image of sin crouching at the door. The other day I was out walking and I saw this cat in the bushes, and that cat was poised and tense, like it was ready to pounce. I don't know if it was waiting for a mouse or something to go by, but I think if it had, that mouse would have been dead in an instant. That cat was ready to jump. Well, that's the picture of sin here. We sometimes treat sin like it's harmless. Sin is serious. Sin seeks to devour us and we need to remember that it's ready to pounce you know I know I knew somebody who who kind of had this experience he as a, as a teenager he had had a problem with heroin but he he convinced himself he had licked it he stopped it, it wasn't a problem for him and then as an adult the opportunity came and for some reason he told himself I remember saying he told himself oh just trying it once won't hurt Sin pounced and the addiction was back and heroin took hold of his life and it almost destroyed his marriage and it cost him one of his legs. Well, look at what it did to Cain here. When they were in the field, 
Cain rose up against his brother and Abel and killed him. That's a sin that waits to pounce. When we harbor that stuff instead of repenting, when we harbor it in our hearts, when we hold on to anger like Cain did here, or you could say jealousy or lust or greed, it looks for the opportunity. And before you know it, anger grows into rage and envy grows into bitterness. And then it gives birth to angry words and hateful actions. Sin devours us takes hold of us. Folks, all this happens because Cain thinks God is being unfair. Cain wants justice. And I think we say a lot, we want to see justice right now for the people that are doing wrong, for the one who committed murder, for, the, for racism, for the rioters and all that stuff. We want to see justice for those who have hurt us. Cain decides that God isn't being fair and so he wants justice and so he takes it into his own hands and, and he kills his brother. And then Cain, Cain finds out what justice really is. Look what it says here. The Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on earth. Folks, be careful when you think you know better than God what justice is. Be careful when you demand justice. Because that justice doesn't just include the wrongs that others have done to you, perceived or real. That justice includes you. Folks, God, only God knows justice or injustice. Only God can decide right or wrong. The text says that the, the blood of Abel cried out. The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And my folks... My friends, you and I need to know our sin cries out for two. Can you imagine? That was just after one death. Now there's been centuries of bloodshed, of murder, of war, of terrorism. Can you imagine the deafening cry? Thank God. Abel's blood isn't the only Blood crying out. Thank God. Someone else's blood cries out to God. We complain about injustice. We think God doesn't understand. But he does. God knows 
injustice personally. Think about what happened. Is it justice or injustice that God had to give his own son in order to save us? Is it justice or injustice that Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil and what did we give him back? Whipping, beating, a crown of thorns. Is it justice or injustice that they arrested Jesus? Is it justice or injustice that Jesus had to stand there while witnesses lied about him at his trial? Is it justice or injustice that Pilate finds Jesus innocent and then sentences him to die anyway? Is it justice or injustice that they drive nails through his hands and feet into the cross? That the father has to stand aside and let his son suffer and die in order to save you and me. Yes, God knows injustice personally. He suffers all that injustice so that he might look at you and me, guilty sinners, and declare us not guilty. Why does God do that? Endure all that? Because God's chief desire is not to give us justice. God's chief desire is to make us just. Thank God he doesn't give us justice. Oh Lord, if you kept a record of sins, oh Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with thee. That's what the Bible says. Instead of justice, God gives us mercy. That means God withholds from us the justice and the punishment that we have deserved. Instead, he gives us grace. That means he gives us the forgiveness, the life, the salvation, the peace that we haven't deserved. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant and his sprinkled blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel cries out for vengeance and justice. The blood of Jesus cries out, Father, forgive them. The blood of Jesus, by that blood, we our robes are washed clean, washed white. By you, by him, our sins are forgiven. Because of his blood, we are adopted as God's sons and daughters. By his blood, a place is purchased for you and for me in the Father's house. Because of his blood, Jesus will come again to receive us unto himself. That where he is, we may be also. Thank God, instead of giving us justice, he makes us just, he makes us right, he forgives us. You know, I, I had an experience of this when I was a child from my father. 
I, I can't tell you why I did it. I think I must have been, I'm trying to figure out, because it's before we moved over to McLean Street, so I had to be about eight years old. For some reason, I don't know what possessed me, I broke all the headlights and the taillights in our neighbor's car. And you want to talk about mad, that guy was mad. But I was even more scared to have to go home and tell my father what I had done. But I did, and I told my dad, and I hope you can forgive me, Dad, and I'll repay it. I don't know how I was going to repay it. I was eight years old, didn't have any money. Dad said, I understand. I love you. I forgive you. We're going to go over there, and we're going to make this right. And we went over, and I apologized to the man. And I said, I'll pay it back. I don't know how. And my dad silenced me, and he took out some money, and he paid for it. And then he never said anything about it ever again. That's what God has done. Instead of giving us the justice we deserve, he gives us mercy. He gives us grace. He gives us forgiveness, life, and salvation. He gives us Jesus. He makes us just. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.